Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am your host, Shane Bacon. And hopefully we've all come down a little bit from the Masters hangovers. The pimento cheese sandwiches have passed through the systems at this point. We can all get back to regular golf for a few weeks, of course, before we get to the players. And then the U.S. Open, which we at Fox are very, very fired up about. Just 63 days till the start of the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. Circle that on your calendar, if you will. And plenty of players from the week that you can talk to. Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler had a chance to win it. Tony Finau had an unbelievable week. But uh, like I did last year, I thought it would be fun to bring on our U.S. Mid-Am champion. And this year, that was a firefighter from just outside of Boston named Matt Parziali. And Matt uh, missed the cut, didn't have a great week in the terms of playing golf. But for me, I think the chat after Augusta National is about the experience. I mean, these are players that are possibly going to play in this once, hopefully playing it again if they get lucky enough to advance to the finals of the Mid-Am and maybe win it again. But it is a very, very tough road to go through. So a week that they will never forget, a week that any player that is an amateur hopes that one day they maybe could just find themselves in in an opportunity to maybe get there, and that's what Matt did. He was five down through eight holes in his championship match at the Mid-Am last year and was able to rally and come back gets into the Masters, and then, oh, by the way, plays a practice run with Tiger Woods and Fred Couples and then gets out there, makes an eagle, wins some crystals. So it was a fun week despite missing the cut, and Matt was uh, happy enough to jump on with us as he gets set for a pretty busy amateur schedule as he prepares for the U.S. Open and the U.S. Amateur and the Mid-Am and that entire schedule. That's what happens when you're the Mid-Am champion. You have a professional amateur schedule. It happened to Stuart Hagestead last year, and, of course, it's happening to Matt right now. And summer is just around the corner. That means one thing. Well, actually, it means a lot of things. The sun, the beach, camp, refreshing cold drinks, maybe two refreshing cold drinks. And, of course, that means vacation. With vacation comes travel, and nothing is worse than heading out on a trip and realizing you forgot something important. So what do you do? You switch to an Ogeo bag. All Ogeo travel bags come with their signature thoughtful organization so that you'll have a place to put all of your most important things. Add in smart features like separated pockets for dirty clothes and a dedicated place for those smelly shoes of yours. And now, life is easier when you get back home. So be sure to check out Ogio.com. And we have a special deal for the listeners of this podcast, The Clubhouse, to celebrate back to summer. You can save 25% on all travel bags at Ogio with the promo code CLUBHOUSE. 25% off at Ogio.com with the promo code CLUBHOUSE. Ogio, the world's best bags. And just a reminder, if you missed Shotmakers, on Golf Channel on Monday and Tuesday. I'm hosting it, and it's a new competition show on Golf Channel. It was hosted at Top Golf Las Vegas, which is a pretty cool venue, let me just say. And it's a different way to watch golf competitively, and it was a lot of fun to be a part of, and there was some really, really clutch golf that happened throughout the competition. So if you've missed that, they are replaying on Golf Channel. You can check it, and then Next Monday, a new episode comes out. So DVR it if you haven't already. Shot Makers, it's on Golf Channel. Trust me, if you go to Golf Channel right now in your DVR, you will find it at some point in the next 8 to 12 hours. You don't have to look that hard. DVR it then, and the new ones will pop up, of course, on your DVR later on, so you can watch it. I'm hosting it. Amanda Blumenhurst with me, Chantel McCabe. So it was a lot of fun to be a part of, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. That is Shot Makers. Check that out for sure. Check out the Clubhouse newsletter. We're pumping out stuff left and right on that. All the news you need. And nothing you're going to miss, so you don't have to really go search on the internet. Who likes to do that anymore? Search websites? That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Get that Clubhouse newsletter, and we do all the work for you. You can sign up if you go to at Shane Bacon on Twitter. The link is pinned right there at the top of my page. You can subscribe. Subscribe other friends of yours. Do it without even asking them. 
they'll like it too. Trust me. I think they'll be fans of it. And that is enough for me. Uh, I'm going to be taking the next couple of days off, and we'll be back next week with another Clubhouse podcast. But this is our U.S. Mid-Amateur Champion who just had an unbelievable week. And we welcome into the Clubhouse the 2017 United States Mid-Am Champion. You guys have probably read a story about him, Matt Parziali. And Matt, uh, first of all, thanks for being a part of this. Uh, It is Monday after the Masters, and... Have you, does it still feel like this just happened? Have you kind of come down at all? Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like it happened. I had a, I had a fun week. I was obviously a little disappointed in the way I played, but um, I felt good out there, even though my scores didn't show it. So um, it's not like I was overwhelmed shooting 160. I just, uh, course kind of got me and scores added up pretty quickly. So before we get into the week that was at Augusta National, you were five down with eight holes to play at the Mid-Am last year, knowing what was on the line. You knew that an invite into Augusta National was likely for the Mid-Am champion. And I was reading about the way you got into golf, and a lot of it was was because of Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods was a guy that famously came back at amateurs. I mean, he was always down, it seemed like. So you're five down with eight holes to play. How did you muster up, I don't know, the internal fortitude to be able to come back in a match like that and eventually win? Yeah, you know, match play is crazy. Um, it can it can swing with momentum. Um, you get going the right way, the, your opponent gets going the wrong way. Things can change pretty quickly. In that match, uh, Brad played great for the first ten holes. Uh, I remember being four down through eight, and I actually made a six footer on the ninth hole to stay four down. And I was just saying, usually when you're four down through nine holes, you're thinking about your flight home that night, going to work the next day. <laughs> But uh, I was fine, and I was just trying to hit good shots. And then um, on 10, he hit it to two feet, which put me to uh, five down through 10. And But at the same time, I was I was still fine. And then I, I made three birdies in a row. Momentum got on my side. And I hit some good shots down the stretch and was able to get the extra holes and then uh, win on the 20th hole there. And you, and you had to have had a, a thought of Tiger, right? I mean, you, you had to. When you got to two down, you're probably going – Man, this is like Pumpkin Ridge. This is like sawgrass. Like I feel, I feel it coming. You know, when you're out there, you don't think about stories like that. But uh, people remind you after. But I mean, <laughs> I remember watching it. Uh, but you don't think about that. You're in the moment. You're just trying to compete. You're trying to trying to make it a match. And um, that's what that's what I was most proud of. I was on the 15th tee. I was two down. Um, Brad had hit in the right bunker, and I knew at that point it was a match again. I didn't know if I was going to win, but I knew I was right back where I needed to be with an opportunity to win. And um, yeah, I was able to make a great putt on 17 from about 30 feet and then then get it, get it in extra holes. But, um, yeah, you know, I've watched Tiger my whole life. Uh, the guy never, never gave up. Um, just always worked so hard for everything he earned, and uh, that's kind of the way I approach the game myself. So you you had a good college, collegiate career, and then you tried to play mini-tour golf. Uh, I, I went through the kind of the similar thing. I, I did the mini-tour circuit for a couple of years. And, uh, and what, what was your – what was your best moment, if you will, around the mini tours? And what was the moment when you went, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go another route here. This isn't going to be it. Yeah, there wasn't uh there wasn't so many great moments, uh, mini tours. I had some good finishes, um, a couple top fives, a couple local wins, uh, never did anything in Q school. Felt like I was always playing well going to Q school, missed by a couple the first time, a couple more the second time. Um, you know, and I don't know what it was when I decided, but I just remember that, uh, I found myself thinking about other careers and that's when I knew it wasn't a moment on the golf course. It was more just, I was thinking about what to do 
if I didn't play golf, I knew that it was time to uh, try to find something else. Yeah, you, you know, for me, I always felt like when you play a solid round of golf and then you were four back or five back, and you were like, I shot 68, this guy shot 63, yeah. you know, like, I felt like I played pretty well and, and, you, and, you're, and you're maybe not in that, in that level. So you turn amateur, you know, you, you give these mid-ams a run, and I always like to ask people this, you know, you have a chance to get an invite into the Masters if you win the mid-am. You know, if you're at the U.S. Amateur and you get into the finals, you have a chance even if you lose the championship match there. You have to be thinking about that, right? Especially, you know, you, you mentioned you're five down, you start to battle back. Any point, are you thinking, you know, if I can win this hole or if I can win a couple more, like, I could get into the Masters. Does that ever go through your mind? You know, the whole night before the finals, yeah. Every every <laughs> thought I had, your mind wanders. And it's just, uh, you know, I tried to fight it, and I realized you can't fight those thoughts. But um, the funny thing is, I had a rough night that night. Didn't really sleep much. You, your mind's wandering. You have all the thoughts running through your head. But when I got to the course the next morning, all those went away. And um, I didn't know I was going to win, but I knew I was going to be able to play and play well. Um, and that day I was fortunate enough to play really well. Okay, so you get to Augusta National. What, what day did you get there last week? I actually got there. I did the full thing. I got there Saturday morning. Um, I was able to play with three members on Saturday and then play an extra practice round on Sunday with uh, some guys who also got in early. So I got the, uh, the full effect last week. Well, so one thing I noticed, and, and I was thinking about you, I mean, I, you know, I don't know you, but I was thinking about the nerves that would come with this. So you're playing in the par three contest, and you're on the ninth tee, and there was a little bit of a backup. And by the time you're supposed to hit, I noticed that Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, and Tom Watson were standing there watching your group play the ninth, have you ever been that nervous to hit a shot that, you know, for the most part, didn't really matter? I mean, I just got done playing nine holes with Tiger and Freddie, so <laughs> I had a pretty eventful day. <laughs> um, you know, you, you think that you're going to be, but at the same time, those guys are just playing golf, too. Uh, and that's what you realize when you get up there. Uh, everyone just loves the loves playing, loves competing. And, uh, yeah, you like I said, the night before your mind wanders, but when you get out there and get in it, it's just it's just golf. Um, but it was incredible to see those guys. They were so kind. Um, Jack was willing to marry Allie and I on the ninth tee there on the par three because he's a justice of the peace. But uh, Allie didn't uh, go for that. I was trying to make it happen. You made her uh, hit one. You made her hit one. Yeah, she uh, she did well. Her favorite club's a nine iron, so um, didn't matter if it wasn't going to make it over. She was hitting the nine iron. My my wife was watching at that point, and um, she's not a golfer at all. I mean, in no capacity at all. And uh, and she was like, "There's if you made me do that," she kept saying to me, "If you made me do that, I would be so mad." And I was thinking, you know, you yeah. know at least at least, at least his fiance got it airborne. Yeah, exactly. I teed it up high and uh, <laughs> it went went in the right direction in the air. You can't ask for more than that. Well, uh, you you mentioned the tiger thing. I wanted to get to that. I, I was watching Gene Wojciechowski did a great piece about you for ESPN. If people haven't seen it, go check that out. But I watched that, and, and you talked about, you know, uh, and, I, and I always never, never like to use the word idolize, but, you know, you got into the game from Tiger Woods. You watched him in 1997 with your dad, Vic, and, you know, that was kind of the, the come-to-Jesus moment for you with golf. So you get to the Masters, and, of course, you know, the, the entire hype leading up to it was about Tiger. You land a practice round with him. You already mentioned you play with Tiger and Fred Couples. So how did that come to be, and could you – I mean, like, at what point were you like, I'm playing Augusta National with Tiger Woods? Yeah, so um, I'm glad you said you hate the word idolize because I hate that too. Um, but it is the reason I got into golf was uh, being 
being able to watch him compete and uh, just kind of drove me to do the same thing. So, like I said, though, everyone's just a golfer there. And um, there was moments where I was like, yeah, this is really cool. But, you know, what? you get into the conversation and he's just a great guy. We had great conversations, telling jokes. Freddie was Freddie was awesome. He was he was uh, his back was bombing a little bit. But, uh, man, his swing is just incredible to watch. So, um, you know, you have a little bit of those thoughts. But at the same time, you're just out there playing golf. And uh, that's what's pretty cool about that whole week is it um, you think all these things, but it's all just made up and everyone's just there to compete. We'll take a quick break here with our conversation with Matt to tell you that there is a new boss in town at Buffalo Wild Wings, and he deals in bacon. That's my kind of deal. It's the Bacon Boss Burger featuring bacon three different ways and a blanket of white cheese sauce, and he's joined by other new favorites like the Smothered Cheese Steak Quesadilla, mm, sweet chili shrimp, mm-hmm, and Alaska Cod Classic all pair perfectly with a Sam 76 a fruity ale with the crisp finish of a lager. Hurry in the day and try them all before they're gone at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports available for a limited time while supplies last. Please drink responsibly. And let me tell you, that's a lot of bacon in one ad read. A bacon reading about bacon, that is what Buffalo Wild Wings wants. All right, back to Matt. Was there a game? Did, did, did they like get on the first tee and say, we're going to play this? No, I, I was hoping we would, but uh, I wasn't going to be the one that, that named the game in the first key. So. <laughs> they're, they're like, who is this kid? You're like, hey, what are we, what are we playing, like a Nassau? Yeah. What do we got going here? Yeah, I was trying to, but uh, I had a good game on Sunday with some other players, but I think everyone was just trying to see the course. And um, I'm a big practice round game guy, but I guess uh, these guys had other plans. You needed to go find Phil. That was the key. You should have gone and, and I know, exactly, yeah. <laughs> idle, idle up to Mickelson and be like, hey, do you mind if I jump in with you? So, you know, Tiger sent you yeah. a letter after you won the mid-am. I mean, you, I, I noticed that you, you, know, you framed it and put it on your wall and stuff like that. So how did it come to be? How did the practice round, uh, round with Tiger you know, come, come to be you out there with him and Freddie? Right, so I'm um, sorry. I forgot to answer that question. So about um, two months ago, I was at Medalist. So I'm, of course, playing with a friend, uh, Dan Fiscal, and – um, we had just got done and Tiger was teeing off and I just went up and just wanted to thank him for sending the letter. So talked to him for five, 10 minutes. So, um, we didn't mention anything about practice rounds, but we have a mutual friend. I'm sorry, Joey, his caddy is, we have a mutual friend. Um, and I've been texting Joey for the last three, four weeks about the possibility. And we had it set up, but we had some thunderstorms coming through that morning. So we didn't know if it was going to happen, but, uh, very fortunate enough that, uh, we were able to get those nine holes in. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is, you know, I mean, it's not a, a Hollywood story, it, you know, totally, but the idea of you learning the game by Tiger, you know, watching him in 97 and then winning the mid-am and he sends you a letter and then you go to Augusta and you get a chance to play with him. I mean, it, it had to have been cool. So you you get a chance to play it on Saturday and Sunday, you said. You know, that was the first time you're seeing Augusta, I'm assuming? Oh, no. So um, we we got a few visits um, when – they reach out shortly after you win and so you can come down and check it out. So I went for the first time back in November and then I used some more visits, uh, early March and mid March. So I had seen it uh, about seven times before getting there on Saturday. Yeah. So you were familiar with it. And then, uh, I mean, I always wonder about guys like you, I mean, you have a real job. I mean, you're, you're a firefighter for goodness sakes. I talked to Stuart Agastead last year after he got a chance to play the masters and, you know, Stewie took a little bit of time off before, what was your pre-master schedule like in terms of, you know, you taking time away from work to prepare for this? Did you do anything like that, or was it kind of business as usual for you and just getting some range time here and there? Yeah, no, I took uh, I took a leave just 
just for the risk of getting hurt. Um, it's a physically demanding job, and usually leave banged up of, uh, at every house fire we, we go to. So um, if you get too hurt, then all of a sudden this year might not happen. So uh, the chief, uh, Chief Williams, is incredible uh, support he showed, and the mayor, uh, Bill Carpenter, and Brockton, they just were been so supportive, and I couldn't do it without their help. So, um, yeah, I'm taking a little time off of work. So you got the Open, uh, the USAM, and also getting married in August. So it's going to be a busy uh, busy next few months. Yeah, you should add a few more things to your schedule. I feel like you don't have enough things going. Maybe just, you know, can you I throw know, you get, yeah, just the Masters, Marriage, a couple of Opens, Amateur, yeah. Maybe, maybe throw a couple more things in there. Maybe try to get into the British so you can do a couple more things here. Yeah, just jamming it in. So, uh, But that's that's what we said. Everything, when something happens good, it all happens at the same time. So uh, these are all good things, no bad things. Yeah, well, I mean, and you, you had goals, I'm assuming, going in. I mean, you know, make the cut, low am, all that stuff. And uh, and you got off to a start. I mean, you made a couple of birdies early on Thursday, but you bounced back with a couple of birdies. The golf course, was it harder than maybe you thought it was going to be? Did it play different during the tournament days than when you played it during practice rounds? Yeah, you know, it was the, it was the firmness and... Um, I mean, you expect the greens to be a little faster, and they were, but that wasn't it. It was the firmness of of the greens for the pitch shots. I remember hitting a pitch shot on the first hole. Um, I, hit a, I hit a really good drive on the first hole, and then I hit a poor eight iron, and it rolled off the green left. Plenty of green to work with, straightforward chip, and I thought I made it when I hit it, and it rolled 15 feet by. So, so that's what I knew. Different course. But you adjust pretty quickly, and um, yeah, I made a couple great swings on four and five, able to convert the birdies. Uh, I was disappointed with the seventh hole. I hit really bad drives both days and kind of took the wind out of the sails both rounds because um, then you, you're coming down some, some hard holes after that, and I wasn't able to birdie eight either day. Um, and the, the shot I hit on 12 was the first day. was just the worst shot I hit all week. I left it out to the right, and it ended up going in the water, so... Those are the swings I'd like to have back because they were unforced. But, um, you know, I felt good. It wasn't like I was overwhelmed. Just uh, made some bad swings at the wrong time. And uh, you had your dad on the bag um, during the practice rounds and obviously during the tournament. I, I, I heard you mention that you had a few firefighter buddies reach out to you about caddy. And I, I would expect that number was higher than maybe a few. How many people were like, hey, do you need somebody to carry the bag? Oh, man, it was like every week I was getting a new one. <laughs> um, guys I had met. I'd love to go to Augusta. And never met these guys. Like, yeah, I'll just I'll just sign these up. But that's the thing about firefighters; they're just trying to help. Uh, they just want to be. They, everyone has fun. So, um, unfortunately uh, for them, I I kept my dad, and uh, we had a great time out there. How many texts did you get on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I mean, was your phone you know consistently blowing up from people that were you know we watched you, we saw you here, we saw you there, that type of stuff? Yeah, it was. Uh, I had to put it on do not disturb for a few days there. Um, just because I didn't want to keep, I, I was at the amateur dinner at a cocktail party. I didn't want the phone to keep buzzing. So, um, I tried to respond to most of them, but it's uh, pretty difficult to get back, but that's what's been so great. The support from everyone and everyone up here from mask off from Tony Lee old sandwich. They've just, uh, they really embraced this and they're having fun with it. Um, and it was great to see all those guys down there too. Uh, a lot of faces I didn't expect to see, um, and people were showing up. So it was a pretty cool environment. What was it like with the other amateurs? I mean, do you really, I mean, you know, I've heard from plenty of people that there is a kind of a camaraderie between the amateur players there during that week. I mean, did you, did you know these guys at all before and, and what's it like now? I mean, are, are you buddies with any of them? Is this going to be something that you talked to, to a few of them throughout the years? So 
So I, I, I played with Doug uh, Gim, um, I want to say it was three years ago at the Northeast. And we had a great day, just the two of us. Um, and then he's the only one I knew going in, but met them all, all great guys. Four of us spent Monday night in the crow's nest after the amateur dinner. So uh, we watched a little bit of the national championship game before going to bed. But, um, yeah, you know, we had a great, great night at the uh, amateur dinner. It was just, uh, it was the best. The people just, they love the amateurs there and, uh, a night I'll never forget. Your dad uh, in, in in the ESPN piece, you know, he, he got he got emotional. He was talking about you and and just kind of, I mean, just basically everything that kind of comes with this. Uh, was he more emotional throughout the week on the golf course and stuff? Did you have to reel him in, or was it just you two out there, you know, just kind of enjoying this once in a lifetime type of opportunity? You know, it was uh, it was business for us. I thought that he might um, be a little overwhelmed. Um, I thought you never know how you're going to feel either. But uh, once we got there Thursday, we've been doing this a long time together. So it wasn't like – it wasn't no, – it was nothing new to us. So once we got out there, got going, it was the same old stuff. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, looking back, uh, yeah, was I frustrated at times during the rounds? Of course. But um, when you play bad and you make mistakes, you get frustrated. But that's, that's the way I approach every event I'm playing. So um, it was still fun just to compete with those guys. But, uh, yeah, business as normal for, for us. And then on Friday, you had a special moment on the par 5 13th. I mean, you, you were outside the cut line, probably at that point knew that the weekend was, was probably out of reach. But, you know, you reached 13-2, and two, you got a putt for eagle. Did you know that they give these goblets to, to players when they make eagles on, on any of the holes there at Augusta? Was that, were you thinking about that at all? I mean, because, you know, it's a pretty special memento to take away if, it's, if you're able to do something there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's incredible. I, di- I did not know that. Um until after the putt went in. So we were walking up to the green, and Steely hit a good one in there too, maybe maybe six, seven feet outside of mine. And uh, he's the only player that I somewhat knew in the field. So to get paired with him for the first days was, was great. So he said, let's, uh, let's get these to go. And, um, I mean, he knew about the crystal, so maybe that's what he was talking about, but I didn't know. So I had made it, and when I'm picking the ball up out of the hole, Mike Weir said to me, he goes, hey, you got, you got some crystal. I didn't really know what he meant. I was just kind of thinking what he had to tap it in and then Steely came over and uh, he explained it to me. So that was great to find out. Uh, if you can take something away from Augusta, that's, uh, that's pretty special. So, um, no, I'm definitely excited about that. You're going to have to let us know what you do with them. I- I'm always interested to see what players uh, do. I-, I text guys like, you know, a Curtis Strange or a Paul Azinger and ask them when they bring those things out. You know, these guys have played in, in multiple Masters. But you're going to have to let us know. Is this like a Thanksgiving dinner thing? Is it a Christmas morning deal? Uh, what you end up doing with them? Because, like you said, I mean, that is, you know, you can go to the gift shop and buy all the stuff you want. But that is going to be, to me, the, the treasure that, that any, you know, amateur player, somebody like yourself, you know, takes away from a week like this. I mean, I, I'm assuming they'll be in lock, under lock and key with you. <laughs> Yeah, so actually, I got a few texts from the uh, from some of the firefighters that I work with, and they said we need some new glasses at the station. So I think they <laughs> want to get them down there for uh, for for, for uh, the drinks at uh, dinner and stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll probably take them off for special occasions. But uh, definitely excited that uh, I was able to, like like you said, take something away because it's not like you can buy it. Right, and and, and I, I was joking about Doug Gim. I mean, Doug Gim made three eagles throughout the week. I was like, what is this? This kid's in college. What's he gonna do? Yeah, I can find, I can think of a thing, few things he can do with those in college, but um, he uh, that's incredible. He played great, two Eagles the first day, and just hung in there the whole week. And um, yeah, he deserved. He was playing well all week. 
So what is your schedule the rest of the year? I mean, are you playing in events leading up to Shinnecock Hills? Do you have a kind of a full amateur schedule, if you will, to get yourself, you know, ready for the next few weeks, next few months? Yeah, so I'm actually uh, driving to the airport right now, um, heading to Naples for the Terracotta, which I, I play that every year. Every year I try to play that. Then we have the Concession Cup up in Sarasota the week after, and then the Coleman at Seminole uh, the week after that. So I'm on the road for three weeks and then home for most of May, and then uh, we get right into the Open. I'm going to play the Fishers Island Mid-Am just before the U.S. Open, so that'll be a, uh, that'll be a great weekend. That's one of my favorite places to play. I think everybody just hated you a little more right there. I think uh, yeah, you, yeah, I know that's another one. <laughs> you get you get Augusta, Seminole, uh, Fishers, Shinnecock. These people are going to be so jealous of you. They're going to be sending you hate tweets and texts and all that stuff. That's not a bad lineup to have ahead of it. And then of course you get the amateur as well, right? Yeah, amateur at Pebble Beach, and then uh, we play the Crump Cup <laughs> at Pine Valley. So I'm touching them all this year. You need to throw your clubs in the ocean after Pebble. I'm telling you, yeah, just, exactly. that needs to be it. Golf's done for you yeah yeah <laughs> that's funny so when will you go back to work uh so that's i haven't decided i'm just gonna see um how this year goes um we're just so busy i mean the mid-am is in in september this year so i'll come right out of august from the honeymoon and get ready for the mid-am and crumb cup so we'll, we'll reevaluate probably september october and just see uh see where everything's at and I know the Walker Cup isn't until next year, but, I mean, is that something on your radar? Is that something that you're trying to play yourself to? Yeah, exactly. That's, um, I'm fortunate enough to hope to be in that conversation now after the Mid-Am win. Um, so that's why I want to play some good golf this year. And um, just see, just hopefully get yourself in the conversation. If you play well enough, you'll get selected. So, um, yeah, that's definitely uh, something I'm interested in. So, Matt, what will be the thing in, let's say, 10 years from now, when you look back at this and you say, you know, I, I played in the Masters, what will be the moment you'll remember? Uh, if it was there, was there, you know, a time with your dad where you guys were standing somewhere and just kind of looking around? What do you feel like you'll pull mostly from this experience that will stick with you 10, 20, 30 years from now? You know, I think it's just a week. There's not one. There's not one thing that happened that was like that was that was the moment. It's just the whole week. It's just so special. The entire time you walk in, from the time you leave, so. Um, there's just so many great moments and it's just so fun to compete out there. Um, I played a bunch of practice rounds, but then when you get there in the tournament, that's, uh, it's a little different. And that was, uh, that was incredible. So, um, yeah, 10 years from now, hopefully definitely try to get back there again. Um, and we're lucky enough that we have a tournament to get there every year. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm not good with these questions 10 years from now, but it's just more <laughs> just in general the whole week. <laughs> I, I totally understand. Well, We'll be obviously covering uh, covering the U.S. Open at Shinnecock, so we'll get a chance to meet face-to-face, -face and, uh, and hopefully the week goes well there at, at Shinny. And then, of course, uh, we also will be at Pebble Beach for the U.S. Amateur. So you've got a lineup, and you're going to be stuck with us for a lot, Matt. I appreciate the time. Good luck in the coming weeks in the amateur events. We'll be following along, and we will see you at Shinnecock Hills. Thanks. I appreciate it. Great talking to you. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! A big thanks to Matt for jumping on with us as he prepares for another amateur event. Not no time for no rest for the weary there. He is going right back at it. And I'm assuming there'll be probably less galleries at this one than there was last week when he was playing in the Masters. But I guarantee he goes with a ton of confidence, especially after getting a chance to play with some of those names you heard he got to play with and being around some of the legends of the game that he saw at the Par 3 contest and beyond. And a reminder, summer is around the corner. It's coming up. It's hot in Arizona right now. It was 96 degrees on Monday. That is a lot of heat. And with summer 
comes a lot of things. Beach, summer camp, cold drinks, and vacation. Vacation means travel. So what do you do? You switch to an OGO bag, make the most of your precious time off this summer, and upgrade to OGO. And a special for listeners of the clubhouse, celebrate back to summer with OGO by saving 25% on all travel bags on OGO.com with the promo code CLUBHOUSE. 25% off with the promo code CLUBHOUSE at OGO.com. OGO, the world's best bags. Hope you guys had a great Masters week. I sure did. It was a lot of fun to watch. Patrick Reed is your champ. And I want to just say thanks once again to Matt for jumping on with us. Get out and play some golf this week. This is the week where you go out and grind. You just watch the best in the world play. Now you got to take some of those things they did and apply it to your golf game. Hope you get out there, play some golf, make some birdies. We'll check back next week.